Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking the Airbnb effect on rental real estate. You know, when the real estate market is really hot, like it is in a lot of places right now, everybody wants to invest in real estate, right? I mean, all you have to do is turn on your TV and HGTV, uh, DIY network, all of those networks are just full of shows, you know, really showcasing how you can 
fix up a property or buy a property, flip a property, uh, shows like Fixer Upper. I mean, it's a huge, successful show all about how, you know, they help people basically find a house that's undervalued, buy the house and completely reno the house. Now, the idea is that, you know, Fixer Upper, that you actually live in the house, but, you know, there's there's every different uh, scenario when it comes to real estate, but rental real estate seems to be a very hot topic. And so it was something that I wanted to talk about. We don't talk about it a lot on the podcast, but, you know, I, I hear it a lot, especially right now with the, the stock market passing the 20,000 mark, uh, the Dow and, you know, real estate really rebounding. You know, it's almost like people sort of forgot we're not even 10 years out from what happened 2008, 2009 with the real estate market. But, you know, we we all have this great ability to have amnesia when it comes to making money. And so real estate always seems to be this place that people want to put their money. And don't get me wrong, it is it is an amazing opportunity. Uh, some of the wealthiest people that I have had the opportunity to work with, how they have made their wealth is off of real estate. Now, uh, I would say eight out of 10 times, it isn't actually owning or flipping residential real estate. Instead, it's commercial properties. It's multi-unit apartment houses, things like that, uh, really where you know people start to build this big portfolio and really build a lot of wealth. There just happens to be in in you know, regular real estate, residential real estate, there are, I mean, look, in any real estate, there are a lot of uh, pros and cons and a lot of opportunities for things to go wrong. If, if the market goes down, if you can't find a tenant, uh, you know, if, if the place needs a lot of um, fixing up and you got to dump a lot of money into it, I mean, it's real estate, right? Stuff, stuff doesn't work. But residential real estate is, is a little bit of a kind of beast itself because, uh, you know, it's, it's very, um, cyclical. The market is very cyclical and it really, uh, depends on, you know, the areas that you choose. You probably have heard that saying location, 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 and in real estate and re uh, residential real estate, that is definitely the three words that you should always have in mind because, you know, you could purchase a property, you know, uh, let's just say, you know, at, at spot A and spot B is literally like, I don't know, a couple blocks away from spot A, but spot B ends up being the better location. And spot B, you could actually sell that house with a very nice return where spot A, you know, you're not getting as much of a return. So there's a lot of logic that goes behind just even buying your own house, let alone talking about, you know, rentals or any sort of investment property. But I'm hearing this, I'm hearing a lot of questions lately about, you know, wanting to get into the flipping, wanting to get into some sort of real estate. And again, it's a super viable bucket of wealth. And, you know, I think for most people, it should definitely be one of your buckets of wealth. Because if you, if you, uh, take advantage of the opportunity and you make wise choices. Uh, like I said, it could provide, you know, a great stream of income for you. It could provide a lot of cash accumulation. It could provide uh, actually a lot of growth for many generations. I have clients who, you know, they're third generation family owners of certain commercial properties. And, you know, this generation, third generation, what they do for a living is literally just manage those properties and make a very nice kind of flow of income off of that. And, 
you know, you get the idea, right? But, you know, since Airbnb has has come around and it really has, it's just like Uber. I mean, it's really changed, um, it's really changed investment property. And, you know, a lot of people now are, in fact, buying investment property solely for the purpose of renting it out on Airbnb. Because, you know, I mean, I talk about it all the time. If I have my choice, uh, you know, a lot of times to stay in either an Airbnb or stay in a hotel, I'm going to choose an Airbnb because likely I'm going to get more space. I'm going to get a kitchen. I'm going to get a washer and dryer. Maybe I get a front yard or a backyard. Maybe I get a gym. Um, you know, maybe I get a couple bedrooms. So it's just, it feels like home. And there's something to me that's super exciting about renting an Airbnb, especially like in a foreign location, because we've we've rented Airbnbs over in Europe, and the first time I thought, oh my god, I'm going to be so afraid because it's like different language, and you know, uh, is this all going to work out? But it did, and it, it just made me feel like I was living in that city, and it just, I don't know, I, I love it. You know, um, some people obviously love the concierge and all of the amenities that come along with a hotel, but you know, likely I can pay a lot less for my Airbnb, have a lot more. And again, you know, feel like I'm actually living in that city. So I, I did some research on the Airbnb effect on rental real estate because I've heard this term coined a lot, especially in the last couple of years about, you know, people's part of people's wealth strategy is actually to purchase a property and then to uh, rent it out on Airbnb and that, you know, that's actually turning into whether it's a side hustle or a full-time business for them, that's definitely something they're looking into. So I found this company called Nested. They're actually a London-based online estate agent. And they took this real estate return on investment index they created to better understand the local and global opportunities in the property market. So I thought, you know, let's not just look at this in the U.S. Let's look at this really across the world. And, and what is Airbnb doing? Because Airbnb is not just in the U.S. I mean, Airbnb is everywhere and even places now where you'd think, really? Like there's Airbnb there? All right. Um, so the results of this index demonstrate which cities present the best investment possibilities for either traditional rental or sharing services like Airbnb. So they're comparing like, well, you know, what is the actual return on investment if you're just renting it out to somebody maybe who's a longtime renter versus Airbnb? There's some really interesting things that uh, this nested uh, real estate um, real estate return on investment index showed. I want to talk about some of them. First, the research showed that a property in LA, Los Angeles, would take 278 months to recuperate the value versus traditional rental methods and only 122 months via Airbnb. So Airbnb right there is much more viable in terms of return. Um, then it compares uh, Lagos, Lagos, I hope I'm saying that right, Nigeria, where it takes the actual least amount of time to recuperate property value versus traditional renting at 132 months, and Taipei, Taiwan, where it takes the most amount of time at 693 months. It also found that properties in Durban, South Africa, take the least amount of time to recuperate their value via Airbnb rental at 18, only 18 months. That's really cool. Properties in Beijing, China took the most amount of time to recuperate their value via Airbnb rental at 714 months. That's a long time, right? 
Some other cool findings that I, I thought, you know, we got to talk about this is Cairo, Egypt actually has the most affordable average cost of a three bedroom property at the equivalent of US $60,293, right? I don't know who wants to move to Cairo, Egypt right now. I'm sure it's lovely, but um, I'm, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of US citizens that are moving over there. It also found that Hong Kong, and this doesn't surprise me, it may not surprise you, actually has the most expensive average cost of a three-bed property at $2,404,789. That's a lot of money, right? <laughs> the rent for a three-bedroom property is the most affordable in Cairo, Egypt, at uh, just a monthly average of $387. That makes sense, right? Because the cost to buy is the lowest. And the rent for a three-bedroom property is most expensive, though, in San Francisco at a monthly average of $5,437. San Francisco is one of the hot, hot, hot markets right now. I mean, it's it's definitely rivaling New York where, you know, you get this like little shoebox and you end up you end up going broke to basically live in this little shoebox. And, you know, I get it. I get the illusion of living in a big city where, you know, everything is super accessible but I mean, that's a lot of money. You got to be making a lot of money to be able to afford that. Uh, Kuala Lumpur has the most affordable monthly average Airbnb cost at $1,016.64, while Dubai has the most expensive monthly average Airbnb cost at $15,892. So you're going to go to Dubai, you know, <laughs> and you need a long-term rental, you may not be doing Airbnb. So then they looked at, okay, the return on the property investment, again, versus Airbnb in the whole wide world. So this is super interesting. Um, we talked about Egypt. We talked about Nigeria. Uh, Reykjavik actually takes uh, 33 months fastest ROI via Airbnb versus 190 months of just traditional rental. Uh, Johannesburg, same, 33 months versus 180 months of the actual rental, but the top five slowest return on investment via Airbnb. So Beijing was number one, takes 714 months um, to recoup, uh, Hong Kong, Taipei, Tokyo, and Seoul. So these are all, of course, Asian places where, you know, notoriously the real estate market is, is uh, very tough to get into, very tight, very expensive. And it's just because there's not and a lot of these places, there's just not a lot of space, right? So they tend to build up, not out. And, you know, that really creates a, a problem. So I, I just think it's it's really interesting to look at, you know, what has Airbnb done to rental real estate? And if you're thinking about getting into rental real estate, maybe the Airbnb effect might actually change your strategy, meaning maybe you're not going to rent out your place to a longtime renter. You know, maybe if you're in a certain hot market where Airbnb is super viable, you can actually make a lot more money. I mean, if you're getting a return on your investment in, you know, 23 months versus, you know, 150 months, well, I mean, who you're going to take that deal all day long, right? So when you're when you're thinking though about buying a property, really with the purpose of renting it out on a short-term nightly basis, there are a couple of things to consider when you're choosing the location. So number one, of course, is demand for tourists to stay in that location. So if you live someplace where people don't want to come and maybe you don't even want to be, probably not a good idea to drop some of your money into the real estate market there, right? 
um, you know, you know, best where you live, you know, best kind of the hot areas in your state, you know, make sure you do some researching ahead of time and see if there's these pockets of areas that are really, um, you know, hip and trendy. And, and if people are coming to visit, that is the area they want to stay in. Those always are going to make for good investments. So if, if you're uh, renting an apartment, if it's located in the suburbs, away from shops, tourist sites, or other locations, it's going to be hard to get a lot of bookings. And, uh, you know, people just aren't going to want to come. So again, you're going to have to really do some research and think about this. Think about the hot areas. And it may not even be where you're at. Like you may, if you're thinking of, you know, investing in rental real estate, it may be in another state or in another area. Um, you know, if you can also have attractive features like a sea view or near convention center, that's a great one or a sports stadium or located on like a real, like a main drag or main boulevard of a larger city, you can really expect demand to increase. So just think about where, when you travel, the places that you like to stay, right? You like to stay close to, um, centrally located close to, you know, transportation. If you're there for business, you want to be close to maybe the airport, close to the convention center. You want to be close to coffee shops and restaurants. All of those things make a big difference. So although personally, when you go to buy a house, you might not want to be near the main drag, right? You may want to be kind of outside of that. But when you're thinking about rental real estate, you kind of got to put a different different hat on and think about, okay, somebody's just coming here for a short period of time. Maybe they don't, they don't care about being in the chaos. They want to be in the chaos. Um, and also think about seasons. So how will seasons impact the price of your property? Uh, you know, a ski chalet does great in the winter, but you know, you might find yourself struggling outside of ski season unless, you know, you're in, you're in Colorado or you're in some place where, there's a lot of summertime activities, you know, Switzerland, or I mean, I, you know, we could just name places kind of all around the world um, that have kind of that dual season uh, likability, right? So if we're talking about lucrative places to buy rental property in the US, Forbes actually put together a list, and I'm going to name off a few of their top places that they said were super, super hot in 2016. So we don't have the 2017 list yet, but Grand Rapids, interesting. I thought that was number one. I thought that was super interesting, places to buy a rental property. It's affordable. There's a real young demographic there. There's a lot of new restaurants coming in. So it's really on kind of an upswell. Orlando, of course. I mean, you almost can't go wrong with anything near a Disney park, right? Because people are naturally going to find alternatives, especially if they have families, to staying in a cramped hotel. San Antonio, Charlotte, uh, Salt Lake City, Dallas, and Austin were all at the top of the list. Um, Austin doesn't surprise me. I actually thought that it would be kind of higher up on the list because there's a lot going in Austin. We got South by Southwest, amazing food. Um, Austin is a super cool place. If you have not been, definitely check it out. Um, But those are some of the top places to invest in property where, you know, you'll get the most value on your property renting it out on, um, on Airbnb. So there's also a couple things that you need to think about. So when you do have an investment property and you do rent it out, your rental income is taxable, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everything you collect from your tenants or from your renters 
is taxable. You are allowed to reduce your rental income by subtracting expenses that you actually incur to get your property ready to rent and then just to maintain as a rental. But look, if you're going to go into the quote unquote business of investing in rental real estate, you're really going to need to work with an accountant, work with a CPA that that uh, knows your individual tax situation and can really help plan things out for you so that you can make the most of, you know, your particular situation. So again, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Airbnb. My thought is that they're certainly not going to go away. They're going to get better and better and better. Um, You know, there are tons of properties in almost every location. I mean, I have looked up some obscure places on Airbnb and there's still a lot of great uh, places. If you're thinking about renting an Airbnb for your travels, I'm going to give you a few few tips for that before we end this podcast. What I always do is I always look for reviews, right? So my rule is it's got to have 10 plus reviews. And I do read the reviews because they are, yes, people can go on there and lie. I totally get it. But not everybody's going to, right? And so if generally the comments are all positive, then I feel more like, okay, the people that are renting this out, they're... Um, I don't know, they're getting back to you on time. They're, they're helping you with the check-in. They're making everything easy. You know, all those sorts of things really make a difference. I don't ever, this is just my rule, but I don't ever rent an Airbnb property that has no, um, no testimonials of the property. It's just, I don't do it because I, I like to know that this place has been tried out and, um, you know, that the people really, enjoy staying at that particular property. Another thing is I always negotiate with Airbnb. I don't always win. I don't always get a lower rate, but I do a lot of the time, enough of the time for me to really, you know, to really spend some time negotiating. And it's just as simple as, you know, I'm, I'm choosing between two or three or four, whatever it is, places and, you know, uh, all of your rates are kind of in the same vicinity, but I'm hoping to get a rate of X. And I'm not crazy. Like, so if they're offering $200 a night, I'm not going to come in and say I want $100 a night. I mean, that's just ridiculous, right? Um, but if it's $200 a night, I may say, you know, are you willing to reduce to 180 or 175 a night? Especially it works really well if you're staying a longer time period. So if you're staying like five to seven days, you know, usually they might be willing to be flexible. Um, I usually always ask, you know, can I check in early? Can I check out late? It's again, it's not always going to work depending on the calendar and how booked the place is, but you know, it doesn't hurt to, to ask the question. The worst they can say is no, right? Um, so Airbnb is great. It's great for rental real estate. Obviously, you know, recouping your, uh, return on investment in a much shorter period of time, depending on which market you're in. And you guys know you're smart. I mean, I think whether you've bought an investment property or not, you know your area. You know the places where, you know, it might be a better option to buy in that particular area. You know, and some people, when they do Airbnb, some people like to rent out condos and townhomes. Some like to rent out houses. And so, you know, I've got asked the question, well, which should I choose? I'm like, well, you know, that's it's a crystal ball question that I don't know. And it really depends on your own unique situation, what you're trying to achieve and your location. So again, um, 
you know, I, I think everybody always wants to jump to the quick fix, right? Whether it's investing in the stock market, playing the stock market, um, investing in real estate, it's it's like you just you want to laser fast, you know, your accumulation of wealth. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think you got to make sure that you have your foundation really secure. You got to make sure that you've got savings. You got to make sure that you're doing all the things that you should be doing. You're investing already. Um, you know, you're budgeting, you, you have very little debt, all of these things that you're doing before you decide to jump into something that is risky because it is risky. You know, if you tile your money up in rental real estate and something happens to the real estate market and you need money, well, it's just not going to come that fast. It's just not that easy, right? So it's, it's potentially easier to buy than it is to sell because you have to have a willing buyer when you're selling. And that's just not always, you know, they don't always want to pay what you want or there just isn't always the willing buyer out there. So, you know, that's just kind of my little FYI on purchasing real estate. Certainly a great way to build wealth. Just do your research and and know really your strategy. What are your, what are you trying to achieve? And, um, you know, is that going to help you in the long run? So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, again, I think the Airbnb effect is super, super interesting. And I hope that there are even more case studies on this and, um, you know, more revelations about how powerful Airbnb and technology and, and financial technology and all of these things are being to these industries that, you know, traditionally were thought of one way, but now are being totally revamped and revised and turning into even more profitable buckets of wealth. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Shauna Game, Snapchat at Shauna Game, and Instagram at Millennial underscore money. Thank you.